For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in Perfect Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about the Week 14 match between the Washington football team and the San Francisco 49ers from a betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. Bet Online is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Betting Barrier Podcast, everybody. Now, I know that before we went on break, we were going to be talking about what the upcoming matchup for the 49ers. Without further ado, we're going to dive right in. And the first thing we're going to do is recap what happened last week. Unfortunately, we ended up going 0-2 on our thoughts on the 49ers matchup with the Buffalo Bills. We like the 49ers to win the game outright, and we like them getting a point at the time. And we also ended up liking the under in that spot, as I thought that that would be a low-scoring game, which both teams would, I'd say, show up a little bit defensively. And that was definitely not the case. Uh, San Francisco struggled defensively the entire game, gave up 34 points. Josh Allen absolutely torched them. And Nick Mullins, unfortunately, continues to look like a backup clipboard holder or a, just a Canadian Football League quarterback. I'm not sure how to describe it. Definitely does not deserve to be starting over Beathard, in my opinion. But that remains to be seen on what will happen moving forward. But looking at the actual matchups that happened, we're going to be starting off the 49ers for the breakdown. And in that matchup against Buffalo, they got off to a good start, had a goal on stand, then they ended up getting stuffed on the goal on themselves. We're up 7-0 after the first quarter. Then got outscored 17-0 in the second, and it was all she wrote after that. Josh Allen led the way for Buffalo offensively, as he ended up completing 32 of 40 pass attempts for 375 passing yards, with four passing touchdowns, zero interceptions. A QBR 75.2, only got sacked one time. San Francisco really had no answers defensively. They tried to do their signature zone coverage. They couldn't get any stops. They switched to man, couldn't get any stops either, and that was definitely an issue. Now, Buffalo did what they normally do. They abandoned the run. Uh, Singletary had 18 carries for 61 yards. Zach Moss had three carries for nine yards before getting injured. And Josh Allen had six carries for 11 yards. Leading the receiving court was Cole Beasley, as he ended up having nine receptions for 130 yards and one receiving touchdown. You also had Stephon Diggs, who had 10 catches for 92 yards. You had Gabriel Davis, who had three catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah McKinney had 31 yards and a touchdown. And Dawson Knox had one touchdown out of the tight end position. So overall, Buffalo's offense was clicking. San Francisco's secondary had no answers, and that was definitely a huge issue uh, for San Francisco and how they're most likely going to be out of the playoff picture as a result. Now, looking at San Francisco's offense, they were pretty mediocre. Uh, running the ball, they were, I'd say, decent, but they kind of abandoned the run very quickly. 
49ers ended up having 21 combined carries for 86 yards and uh, zero touchdowns, which is equivalent to 4.1 yards per carry. Jeff Wilson Jr. led the way on the ground as he ended up having seven carries for 47 yards. Ray Mostert had nine carries for 42 yards. And other than that, though, Tevin Coleman ended up coming back had two carries for negative 11 yards. Looking at the ground game, I thought they abandoned it too quickly. Uh, Nick Mullins really wasn't good. I know his numbers at the end of the game looked decent, but I really thought he played terribly. And Wilson and Mostert had a lot of success in the opening drive. They couldn't really punch it in on the goal line, which was a serious problem for the 49ers all night long because they really just couldn't get a fourth and one conversion, which was a real issue. And if you look at how that game unfolded, they had to abandon the run once the game got out of hand. Mullins ended up going 26 of 39, 316 passing yards with three touchdowns and two interceptions, zero sacks, QBR of 70.4. No, Mullins' numbers look fine, even though most of it was in garbage time. Uh, really just, he missed a lot of easy throws, forced a couple of balls that shouldn't have been forced. You can't make Mullins throw the ball 39 times if you want to win. His number should be around 25, uh, maybe even 30 if you're, uh, I guess, feeling a little bit lucky. But I really think Mullins is a game manager who needs to throw the ball around 25 times if you plan on winning this game. But it's definitely an issue of uh, the 49ers moving forward because Mullins right now is holding this offense back, and you have to wonder if he will be the starter for the rest of the season. Now looking at the receiving core, Brennan uh, Ayuk was great as he ended up having five receptions for 95 yards and one touchdown. Debo Samuel had six catches for 73 yards. Kendrick Bourne had 35 yards. Jordan Reed at 32 yards and a touchdown. And you also had Juice Check out of the backfield who ended up having one touchdown from the fullback position. So the receivers did a pretty good job uh, generating uh, separation in the secondary. Mullins missed a couple of open throws, but Ayuk ended up having a couple of big plays in the passing game. So look for him to have a huge impact once again on Sunday against the Washington football team. Now looking at the defense, really not much to talk about. Richard Sherman got absolutely torched. For the entire game as Stephon Diggs pretty much found openings all over the field. Whether it was in zone, whether it was in man, uh, Sherman was definitely, uh, I'd say, struggling for all four quarters. And hopefully he'll be able to pick it up as he'll most likely have to be matched up against Terry McLaurin. So we'll see what happens in that one. But looking at the Washington football team and their matchup, they ended up pulling off a massive upset last week as they were able to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers despite being roughly seven-point underdogs. They won outright. They fell behind 14-3 in the first half. They ended up outscoring Pittsburgh 20-3 to in the second half, and they were able to get the job done on the road. Winning the way was Alex Smith as he ended up completing 31 of his 46 pass attempts for 296 passing yards, along with one touchdown and zero interceptions. QBR of 43.2, but if you really think about everything that happened with this team, he played really well, especially since their star running back, Antonio Gibson, got injured in the first quarter with a turf toe issue, and he missed pretty much the entire game. So Peyton Barber led the way on the ground with 14 carries for 23 yards and one touchdown, 1.6 yards per carry. And McKissick had five carries for eight yards and 1.6 yards per carry. As the team, Washington ended up averaging 2.1 yards per carry. So Smith threw the ball 46 times, didn't have great numbers, but against this Pittsburgh defense, he definitely looked pretty sharp. And leading the way in the receiving core was Logan Thomas, as he had nine receptions for 98 receiving yards with one receiving touchdown. He was great. Cam Sims is also pretty good as he had 92 receiving yards. McKissick was great out of the backfield after Gibson got injured. McKissick was targeted frequently out of the backfield like he normally is. 10 catches for 70 yards. McLaurin didn't really do anything. He had one catch on the first drive. He had two catches for 14 yards. Really non-existent, but they didn't need him. And Washington ended up getting the win. Main reason why they won, they uh, were able to avoid turnovers, which was a huge concern for teams facing Pittsburgh before that game. 
As if you look at the numbers, Washington committed zero turnovers, which is the main reason why they won. Meanwhile, defensively, they were pretty sharp as well. Even though they got after Ben Roethlisberger zero times, they forced Big Ben to check it down like he was in a Mike Leach system in college because he had 33 completions for 305 yards. Pretty much every single pass was within five yards of the line of scrimmage. Uh, he also had one interception in late in the fourth quarter. But the defense definitely held... They limited Pittsburgh to just 21 rushing yards, 1.5 yards per carry. So they did a really good job stopping the run. Leading the way for the Pittsburgh receiving core was James Washington, who had one big catch for 50 yards and a touchdown. But he really didn't do much. Deontay Johnson had eight catches for 71 yards, but he also had a ton of drops. Eric Ebron had seven receptions for 68 yards, also a ton of drops. Claypool only had two catches for 38 yards. Juju had seven catches for 28 yards. Really nobody did anything. In terms of big plays, you had one big pass to Claypool, and you also had the 50-yard touchdown to Washington. But nobody on Pittsburgh did anything in terms of big plays on a consistent basis. And Washington will be hoping to do the same against San Francisco, forcing everything underneath and keeping everyone in front of them. So we'll see what happens there. But looking at uh, the division standings for both teams, Washington is currently in a tie with the Giants for first place. I know the Giants currently are ahead of them because of the tiebreaker, but still... Uh, this game is very important to both teams, and we'll definitely see what happens. Because if Washington loses this game and the Giants beat Arizona on Sunday, that might be all she wrote in the division. So we'll see what happens there, but it definitely is a must-win game for Washington as they'll be looking to keep it, to keep pace, potentially overtake the Giants for first place in the NFC East. Meanwhile, San Francisco is in last place in the NFC West. Truth is, their season's probably over. Uh, I know that they could finish 9-7 and seven running the table. I don't think that's good enough to make the playoffs. We'll see what happens there, but it definitely does not look sharp, uh, at least... Doesn't look promising, especially if you look at the rest of the 49ers schedule because they still have a matchup against the Cardinals and the Seahawks in the season finale. So we'll see what happens there. They play Washington this week, Dallas next week, so maybe that'll work out, but there remains to be seen. Not exactly a good schedule lining up for weeks 16 and 17, but hopefully Arizona's out of it by then, so maybe they will not really be as focused as they should be. Seattle's going to give them the right game, so we'll see what happens there. But looking at the matchup here, uh, from the spread and the total perspective, the spread is currently at minus 3 for the 49ers, and the over-under is currently at 43.5. So based on that, they're expecting a low-scoring game between two teams that desperately want it, and we'll see which team ends up coming out on top. But looking at this actual matchup here, I personally like Washington plus the points, and I also like the under in the spot. Couple reasons why. First of all, San Francisco is the home team. Does that really mean anything when you're playing in Arizona? No. You're not playing in your home stadium. The 49ers, of course, played there last week, so they don't have to travel. But Washington had a very solid performance against the Steelers. And this Washington team, they might not be very talented, but they are very, very tough. This team hangs around a lot. They play a very physical style of football. And this team definitely has a no has a no surrender approach, which should definitely help out, especially if this team falls by double digits like they did last week against Pittsburgh. You know this team won't throw in the towel, and this team will definitely fight into the bitter end. Now, looking at the injury report, there is some concern that Antonio Gibson will not be able to play because he's still dealing with that turf toe injury, which is a big deal because he is definitely a huge weapon in that offense. But I definitely have faith in Alex Smith and company to at least move the ball, limit turnovers. I think they'll be able to do a good job of putting McKissick into some spots with some one-on-one coverage with linebackers, find some openings. Logan Thomas, also a very solid option. I think Werner will probably be guarding him, uh, so we'll see what happens there. But looking at the actual matchup here, the main reason why I don't like San Francisco in the spot is because of the quarterback angle, and I think Nick Mullins is atrocious. 
I've mentioned this numerous times. San Francisco's had issues protecting the quarterback this season. And I do think that Chase Young and company should get after Mullins, who tends to, I'd say, lack proper pocket awareness, which has been an issue so far in his career. The receiving core is good. Again, that Aoks looks like a very solid drafting, a draft selection, I should say. Uh, you still have some injuries, some other positions. Of course, Kittle being out hurts and all this other stuff, but everyone already knows how injured the 49ers are. The main issue I have also is with motiv- is with the motivation for the 49ers. They're 1-5 and five in home games this year. Of course, this isn't a home game, but you know what I mean. They're 5-7. and seven. They really have no shot to make the playoffs. Are they really going to get up for this game after getting embarrassed on uh, primetime television last week? I don't know the answer to that. Meanwhile, Washington's off a very impressive win against Pittsburgh, come from behind. They kept their division title hopes alive. They've won each of their last three games. I like the form Washington's in. I think San Francisco might fold a little bit, especially when you look at how they've been performing lately. They were able to beat the Rams on the road, which was a very impressive win there. But if you look at their actual recent results, they've been terrible. They've lost four of their last five. This team's really just not headed in the right direction right now. And I do think that Washington has some value here as an underdog. So for me personally, I'm going to look to Washington plus the three and a half. Uh, actually, I see three and a half available, but I did mention three before. But I do th- I do see three and a half, so I'm going to take the Washington football team plus three and a half. And I'm also going to take the under 43 and a half. Main reasons why I like the under here. Washington without Gibson, I think, will fo- be forced to check it down. I think that San Francisco will do a good job at first of keeping Washington into some third and, I'd say, medium distance, third and five, third and six, and I think that San Francisco will do a pretty good job early on of getting off the field. And meanwhile, looking at San Francisco's offense, I think Mullins is a very below-average quarterback. Washington's a good defensive line. I think they'll be able to stop the ground the ground game for San Francisco and force Mullins to beat them through the air, and I don't think he'll be able to do so. I think Mullins will have a couple of turnovers, some really bad ones, and I think that he just isn't meant for the NFL. And I know that there are some commentators on TV on the game against the Bills talking about how Mullen's a good player, not a great player, needs some work. I'm going to be honest, he's not a good player. I don't even know if he's an average player. Worst case scenario, he's a backup, backup quarterback who appears in preseason occasionally. He's not worthy of being in the starting quarterback of this team. I think Beathard's better. But they're going to stick with Mullins, I guess, and we're going to see what happens. Because as of right now, ever since Jimmy G has gotten injured, Mullins has definitely been a disaster. So that's how I'm going to put that. But I like Washington to win the game. I think they'll cover, but I think they'll win the game outright. And I do like the under because I do think this game will be low scoring. I think both teams will end up going through a bunch of long drives because both teams don't exactly have many big many big play threats. And I think at the end of the day, I think that Washington will do enough in order to get the job done. I think the score will probably be around 20-17. to 17. This game will be close, this game will be ugly, but I do think that Washington is definitely used to winning ugly, and I think they'll get the job done. So once again... I like Washington plus the three and a half, and I also like the under 43 and a half. I like Washington to win the game all as well by the score of 20 to 17. Other than that, though, that's been the installment of the Ben and Barry podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I hope all of you enjoyed. And other than that, though, I'll see you all next week. Good luck to all of you and your respective best today. Bye, everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.